Welcome back to another episode of The Spirit of Haggard. I'm your host, Jody Lynch Findlay, student, coach, speaker, and now podcaster. So we are in for a real treat today. I am excited to spend some time really diving into equine ophthalmology with Stephanie Bell. So Dr. Bell, thank you so much for being here today and continuing our momentum with the spirit of Haggard. We're really excited to learn more about you. Well, thank you for having me. I am super excited to be here and very honored and quite surprised. Okay, good. I feel important. Yes, well, you are. And we, you know, we have so many students and alumni that are listening to the podcast now. And so, oh boy, I know, right? Not to make you nervous, not to make you too nervous, but we have really uh, enjoyed kind of getting to know the different team members, I call them family members at Haggard. Absolutely. Right? And so um, while we want to learn a little bit about your specialty, we also want to learn about your journey. And so how you got here, where you're from, what that kind of journey of education has looked like to get you where you are today. So we'll dive right in and I'll ask you to tell us a little bit more about who is Dr. Stephanie Bell. All right. Well, I'm from a small town in North Carolina called Forest City. So I grew up um, there, public school, and uh, my mama put me on a horse from the time that I I could hold my head up. Uh, she grew up with horses. Her dad grew up with horses. My daddy likes to think he is a horseman, but he scares me. Uh, so, you know, horses have been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. Um, and my mom says that I always told her I wanted to be a vet from the time I could talk. A veterinarian, a ballerina, and a professional horseback rider. Awesome. And um, I am one of those three. <laughs> I cannot dance, and I am a mediocre writer. <laughs> but I sure do love my off-the-track thoroughbred. But dreams do come true. <laughs> dreams might come true in this case, but probably not. Um, so, yeah, I had a, um, a great childhood there and um, then did my undergrad at University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, Big Tar Heel fan, um, and then did vet school at NC State. I was very, very fortunate to get in uh, because this has been a lifelong dream. And I spent so much time um, at the barn growing up, but I was also very involved in other activities, you know, very social. I am definitely a talker uh, and a people person, but I've always been drawn to the animals. I actually used to share a water bowl with our basset hound named Waylon. <laughs> And I think I was three, and my mom tells a story that she caught me in the garage drinking out of his water bowl, and she was like, Steve, we have to get her some friends. She's going to preschool. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Socialization, please. So, yeah. Okay. So, see, these are the little things that we love to learn about you now, (laughs) and you're going to have some of these students that come and want to be, you know, be an intern with you or through an externship, and you're going to be like, are you the one that drank out of the water bowl with your dog, (laughs) Waylon? (laughs) Like, yes, yes, I am. And I try not to do that too often anymore. But my uh, golden retriever, Jolene, goes with me on my farm calls now. We've been known to share a water bottle. Okay. Yeah. So (laughs) that's stuck. I am hearing a theme 
So we've talked about Waylon and we've talked about Jolene. So it, um, it sounds like you have some fur kids. Yes. And maybe an interest or a passion for country music. Absolutely. But not pop country because I don't think that's real country. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on here. Yeah, you, can, but you can say anything. <laughs> say whatever. Can, yes. Um, so Mostly I'm a, anything, right? It's We'll call it PG-13. <laughs> I like it. Uh, so I'm a big fan of Americana music and independent musicians that write their own music play their own instruments. Um, I have a Wayland sticker on my vet truck. And so some of the barn crew and some of the people at the farms, I don't think they even know my name is Stephanie. They just call me Wayland, (laughs) which is is actually amazing. And um, been a big music fan since I was little. I grew up listening to Waylon with my daddy. I have a Waylon tattoo that matches his. And we actually met him and were friends with him before he passed away on February 13th, 2002. Um, So, I mean, he's like a huge musical inspiration. So that's kind of what spurred it. And now we like to sing and write songs and play together. He is a much better musician than I am. Your daddy. Oh, my gosh. Yes, he's amazing. I am much braver um, and less shy and uh, willing to embarrass myself. Okay. For sure. But yeah, so all of our animals, uh, my husband and I try to name all of our animals after musicians or some type of music theme. You know, so these are the the little asides, if you will, that when students have these concerns about, oh my gosh, like, am I going to be able to be an equine veterinarian? Is it too too many? Like, you have a life. I you, do. You, you get to have a life, and you have great dogs yes. that are named after musicians. Right. So, right. I have yeah. a horse. Yes. Um, and his name's Lucas Coulter Prime, after Lucas Nelson, Jesse Coulter, Waylon's wife, and John Prime. Amazing. Yes. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I still have a life, and I. I get to do those those things that I love. It is a lot of dedication, you know, and I mean, a lot of hard work, as you know, but it's worth it because in the end, I can a million percent say I'm at my dream job. Yes. I mean, I get to get up every morning and go work on these amazing horses. And it is just like, I get chills saying that. How did I get here? It's yeah. just, uh yeah, I just, I feel so lucky. I love it. I love it. So let's then jump back to a little bit of that journey. So you mentioned that you've known your whole life you wanted to be a veterinarian. Mm-hmm. You feel really lucky to, to get into vet school. Yes. You got into vet school at UNC and... Did undergrad at UNC. Did yeah. undergrad at UNC. And then vet school at North Carolina State. Uh, okay. But I'm still a Tar Heel. Yes. I don't pull for the Wolf Pack. Um, but they were the vet school in North Carolina. Right. Yes. So. Okay. So take us through that experience a little bit because we're going to get to your specialty. Right? Yes. Which is yes. eyeballs. Right. We're going to talk right. a little bit about eyes. But right. when did that, where did that come from? And what, what was the vet school experience for you? So um, that's a, a really good and interesting question. And I would say, so my undergrad, I absolutely loved and worked hard 
played hard. I had an advisor my freshman year tell me that I needed to have a backup plan because there was no way I was going to get into veterinary school. So I Did started. Did you hear that, listeners? You <laughs> yes. Know, yes. We, you know, those challenges come up. And yes. So we, th- that's one of the reasons we're having these conversations is right. because we want the students to hear yes. the reality of this journey. Yes. And I was so deflated. You know, I was like, this is what I've wanted to do forever. Who are you to tell me? And so, you know, I already had a fire lit under my butt. But if that didn't ignite that even more, um, because I was like, no, this is what I want to do. I did have in the back of my mind, you know, maybe I should take the MCAT and apply to medical school. But I gave myself six years to apply to vet school to get in by somehow the grace of God, luck, you know, all the stars aligned. I got in the first time. So I was really fortunate. And I think luck has a lot to do with that. Some of the people in my class, one of the best veterinarians that I graduated with applied six times and she got in the sixth time and I would trust her with my animals hands down. Yes. So um, that was, you know, don't be discouraged, I guess is what I'm saying, especially by these advisors that are trying to stop your dreams. Yes. Like don't let it happen. Um, So then uh, vet school was was challenging, as it is for all of us. But uh, I had a great class, great mentors, great professors. Uh, My best friend from vet school is still my best friend to this day. And, you know, you make friendships and relationships that you'll just never, never forget. And I was the type of student who loved everything. I knew I wanted to do equine, okay, but um, I loved everything. Every class we took, I was like, oh, I want to be an equine internist. I want to be an equine dentist. I want to be an equine surgeon. Uh, And so I just had so much passion for everything that it was really, really hard to pick one thing. And as we moved through vet school and I realized I was going to um, be okay there because it was really intimidating, especially the the first year. Um, You have imposter syndrome. I don't belong here. These people are smarter than me. No, they're not. Like you're all there and you belong there and you've got to work as a team. Um, So as as we went through clinics um, towards senior year, I got sick and diagnosed with lupus. And so my lofty goals of at that point, I wanted to do an equine internship and be double boarded in equine medicine and surgery, which is, uh, you know, I mean, that's we all have goals. Yes. We have goals. Crazy for, for anyone. But I think everything happens for a reason because I think that was the way to tell me to slow down, stop burning the candle at both ends and figure out what you really want to do. Okay. And so with ophthalmology, I get to do medicine and surgery. Mm-hmm. And the surgery I get to do is microsurgery. So it's, you know, tiny little, like I'm very OCD doing this with my hands now, Um you know, tiny little, little sutures, everything has to be perfect. Um, And I love the intricacy and the details in that. But then I also medically manage a lot. Um, So it's like best of both worlds. That's fantastic. So when during that vet school experience, was there a moment that you said, 
I want to do ophthalmology? It was three years after graduation. Okay. <laughs> so I had so many passions. I just couldn't decide what to do. Right. I needed to get my health a little bit better under control. And so I went into mixed animal practice okay. for three years uh, to try to decide, you know, what, what I really liked. And I fell in love with the eye. I am also very, very tenderhearted. Uh, and I still see sad cases as an ophthalmologist. You know, it's not all um, sunshine and rainbows, but um, less sad than some of the other specialties. Yeah. So I remember um, I was doing a euthanasia one time on a family dog. I'd met this dog one time and I knew it was time for me to find another specialty when the owners were consoling me. <laughs> when I, you know, yes. they were like, Dr. Stephanie, we are doing the right thing. He has lived a long, good life. <laughs> and I was sobbing and I was like, this is what I'm supposed to be telling you. <laughs> but this is so hard. And so yes. I just said, my calling, like my heart is somewhere else. And, um, you know, of course, I believe the eye is the most important organ, the window to the soul. Um, but now I can help the animals uh, maintain vision, maintain comfort and maintain cognitive so that is amazing so yeah. you were in a mixed animal practice for three years yes where were you I was in rural North Carolina okay yeah yeah so, so. you kind of stayed close to home yes so still in North Carolina yeah three years in general practice mixed practice yes and then what Yes. So then I decided to do an internship because okay. I had gotten my health a little bit under control. Okay. And I thought, um, you know, if I can work like that, because we didn't have overnight care and we did a lot of our own on call. I said, you know, I can do an internship in residency. So I did my internship at UT. Okay. And um, that was a great experience. That's actually where I met Dr. Namet Brown. Okay. And um, she landed me this dream job, uh, which I'm sure we'll get to. Yes. Uh, so then I scrubbed into a cataract surgery there. And that was my first week. And I said, I'm sold. This is, I want to restore vision forever. Um, and so I never looked back. That's awesome. And so was it all equine at that point? It was kind of small animal okay, mostly at say, that point. We, so, well, I, I would say both. The internship was small animal, um, but we uh, I spent a lot of time hounding the ophthalmologist there for letters of recommendation and, you know, research projects. And I just, if I wasn't busy with my own cases, I wanted to be with them. And so I would always follow them to the horse cases. Okay. Yeah. So we still are kind of in the middle of both small animal right. and and equine. Right. And now we are pointed towards the eyeball. Yes. Pointed, like headed straight for the eye. Straight the eye the of the eye. tiger or of the horse. Of the horse. <laughs> yes. I love it. Let's pause for just a minute to hear from our friends at Bymeda, our Spirit of Haggard podcast sponsor. Bymeda might just be the largest animal health company you have never heard of until now. Biomeda Animal Health's equine products have been trusted by veterinarians and horse owners since the 1960s where our Irish roots began. Biomeda is one of the largest producers of dewormers for horses like Equimax, Bimectin, Duramectin, and Exodus. World-renowned equine athletes rely on polyglycan, a patented formula designed to replace lost or damaged synovial fluid, and Confidence Ec 1% pheromone gel that reduces and prevents equine stress, to name a few of our branded products. 
We encourage you to consult with your equine veterinarian before using any equine products for your horse. Also, please visit buymetaus.com to learn more about our full product offerings and where you can buy them. So then... I think you headed west. At what yes. point did you head west? I sure did. So I got um, an offer at University of California, Davis, which was a, a, just a shock. You know, I was like, did they pick the right Stephanie? <laughs> uh, did they get my application mixed up? Like, how do I get to go here and do my training? Um and so it, I mean, it was just awesome when I told my pawpaw, cause you know, small town Carolina girl, when I told him, he said, you're not really going to move to California, are you? And I said, pawpaw, it's not that far. I can be home in a day, you know, five hours. Uh, so I went to, to UC Davis and had an awesome, awesome residency experience. And we did cross-train it because it's a comparative ophthalmology residency. So I had to see everything from um, horses, you know, which I wanted to focus on, dogs, cats. We did most of our cataract surgery training on uh, cataract surgeries on dogs training on cadaver pig eyes. Okay. Um, but I mean, we had to see reptiles, um, birds. I'm terrified of birds. Um, <laughs> what, like all of the, the things, fish, we examined fish. Um, and so it was quite a breadth of species because we're supposed to be able to look at the eye of any species. Okay. Luckily for me, my resident mates were amazing, but we also had different interests. So I was the equine one of the group. Um, my uh, very good friend ahead of me was the like marine mammal exotic interest. And um, so it worked out you know, perfectly. Two residents behind me, he hated horses. <laughs> and so he saw the bare minimum to meet his quota. But then every time a horse would come in, um, if they had seen their their uh, minimum, then I was with the horses. Right. So it was, okay. it was great. We definitely kind of um, detailed our paths. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And took those opportunities, right? Yes. Okay. So three yes. years at UC Davis. Yes. And you had met Dr. Brown, Nomette Brown. Yes. And so then how you're here in Lexington. Here in Lexington now, but I didn't go straight from UC Davis. Okay. So um, UC Davis is amazing. A part of my heart and soul will always be there. And I was actually um, in discussion to stay on as their faculty ophthalmologist, okay. which again, huge honor, imposter syndrome. Again, I don't know if you're sensing a theme. I think we all have it. Um, but I felt like I wasn't qualified enough yet to train residents that I was only a year ahead of. Um, but I just felt like I needed to get out and make my own decisions, make my own mistakes, you know, make my own calls for surgery and things like that. So I went and worked for Dr. Michael Paulson in Texas in Arlington, Texas. So I did a lot of work with Weatherford Equine, Equine Sports Medicine and Surgery, um, Alvarado Equine. Um, so it, you know, there's plenty of, of horses in Texas. Right. I learned a lot about the Western disciplines, which yes. I grew up writing English. You're in um, Texas. Texas. And uh, loved it. Loved it there. Loved Texas. Loved Texas music. Dr. Paulson was an amazing boss, an amazing mentor. 
taught me so much as, you know, a brand new uh, graduate that you just can't, the graduate from my residency that you just can't learn or do all those surgeries in three years. And so he was fantastic. It took me about a year to stand up to him. But then when we disagreed, we disagreed and I would stand strong. But I just can't thank him enough for that experience and let me work on all those horses there. Then I had back surgery. So got got hurt and had a lot of complications, was having to take Uber to neurology appointments and things like that because my family was in North Carolina. So I said, um, I'll go back to North Carolina Um, had a great practice there where I kind of started the ophthalmology service. And I thought, so my other best friend runs Tryon Equine, Tryon Tryon International Equine Center. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, I'll be in Asheville. And so I'll see all the horses in Tryon. But luck, and I saw some, but luckily the horses are there for a short period of time and most of them don't injure their eyes or need me, which is a good thing. And um, so, you know, I was still having to do some small animals. I love dogs and cats, don't get me wrong, but equine ophthalmology is absolutely my passion. And I feel like it's my duty, um, like I owe it to the horses because they've been you know, my life for so long. And most ophthalmologists want to do small animal. Yes. Very few of us want to be in, in equine. Um, so then I was talking to Nemette and she was like, Hey, do you, or do you know anybody that would like to do only equine ophthalmology? I was like, pick me. Pick me. <laughs> yes. I'll raise my hand. And so Dr. Slovis called me. We had a couple conversations. He likes to say, well, you know, come on up here and we'll kick the tires around and or whatever he <laughs> phrase he uses whatever slovacism yeah what whatever slovacism yes and so they invited me for an interview and I went and was smitten absolutely smitten I got to ride with Dr. David you know because they put me in like with all the the doctors and before I got because I think I made a good impression on Dr. Slovis initially because he told me before I got in the truck with Dr. Fallon to he was like, do good, like make a good impression, be, you know, be yourself, but like, just behave, make it your best self. Yes. Make, make it your best self. And I was like, Oh, this guy must be really important. (laughs) So then I'm like, Oh yeah, he is. Dr. Fallon is now laughing as he listens. Right. Right. (laughs) We're scared of you, Dr. Fallon. (laughs) We we adore you, but he did. It was funny because he asked me what was on my earrings. And if I had, I usually wear my golden retriever on my earrings. And I said, it's the most perfect golden retriever ever. And he was like, cool. I like that. And I was like, okay, I think I'm doing, I think I'm doing okay. Just keep doing good. <laughs> keep doing good. Keep doing good, yes. Stephanie. So, but I, I am going to stop because you mentioned that about your earrings mm-hmm. and, you know, obviously our, our listeners today can't see us. They would be laughing at both of us talking with our hands. Oh yes. Things, oh yes. I immediately noticed your earrings. Oh yes. Which, and, yes, all the necklace, the necklace, the earrings, the bracelets. The bracelets. We have eyeballs on everything. So. <laughs> oh, my nails. Oh, see? Yes. So I'm a little bit of a dork. Very clear what your passion <laughs> is. So. Oh, and I have this tattoo that is the Eye of Oris. Um, so that's the symbol for ACVO, American College of Veterinary Ophthalmology. 
But I had them design it as an equine eye and put the horizontally ovoid pupil and then corporate nigra. Wow. Yes. That's amazing. We are going to have to probably post a picture of that in the show notes for this episode. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I was so excited that I now have a horse. Amazing. I love it. Yes. Me too. I love it. Me too. Oh, and eyeball earrings here too. Yeah. So we have all the eyeballs on Dr. Bell today. I'm a little bit extra. So... Well, I, I can be a little extra myself, so we're in good company. Good. We're in good company. So I, uh, I'm intrigued. Your ride along with Dr. Fallon mm-hmm. clearly went well enough for you to still be here. I yes. So you was this really your first experience in and around Lexington? It it was. I had been here, you know, to see like some of the shows at Kentucky Horse Park and stuff like that. But it was the first time I was immersed in this environment. Equine veterinary medicine in central Kentucky. In central Kentucky. And I was like, this is what I was born to do. And then Dr. David uh, took me to, you know, they're like, oh, hop in the car with him. By the way, you know, we'll just see a couple triple crown winners. And we went out to Ashford and he said, go look in that stall, Belle. We weren't there to see this horse. It was just a tour. And I went over there and there's American Pharaoh. And I said, holy S-H-I-T. <laughs> uh, oh my God. I think I cried. Um, I got to have my picture made. Yes. And then I met Justify. And I, I mean, you know, like was texting my mom and she said, if you get this job, you are good as there. I was like, put the house on the market now. Right. She's like, you don't even know if they want you yet. <laughs> so it was. Well, it's so funny. And I, you know, these conversations, I still get chills because any of us that have fallen in love with the world of equine veterinary medicine in central Kentucky, uh, we, we have that feeling. We know that feeling. Some people want their picture taken with some person that's like a Hollywood celebrity. I don't get that ever. Right. right. But I get that, you know, mm-hmm. that feeling, that celebrity awe, you know, and I, yes. you know, getting the, to meet American Pharaoh, have my picture taken with him. Yeah. Touch. I'm like, I just touched it. I know. He you like know? kissed me, basically. Yes. He nuzzled me. I was yes. like, I think we're a thing. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and I'm still starstruck and awestruck and have to remind myself sometimes, yes. you know, this I mean, treat every horse the same, whether it's a a backyard pony or a triple crown winner. But, you know, your heart rate does go up a little bit because, but you just, I've found that I have to calm myself down and say, (laughs) this is the eye of a horse. Right. So do what you would do for anything. And that I think is really a good indication that we are in the right place, doing the right thing, pursuing right. the right path. You know, all those things that the, that our listeners are are listening for. Right. right. They're trying to figure it out, you know, whether they're in an undergraduate program or a pre-vet program or applying to vet school for the third time or the fourth time. Yes. These are the moments that you're like, I am pursuing this on purpose. Yes. Yes, I just got chills. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, have I finally made it? You know, and I mean, you don't ever make it. Like I still look around sometimes and I'm like, where's my grown up? Where's my mentor? And I'm like, oh, I am the mentor now. So I think whenever you stop um, learning or pushing yourself, uh, it's time to to rethink things. But then I drive into work and I'm like, this is what I have always dreamed of. I mean, it really is. And when I'm tired and frustrated and somebody's being mean or, you know, the case isn't going well you just 
I, I try to reset myself to like, Hey, remember all the good things. Cause it's, of course it's the cases that go bad that you remember. You don't remember the ones that are doing fantastic out there. It's the other ones that, that keep you up at night, that keep you up at night. Oh gosh. And I always love to say too, the days are long and the years are short. Oh, you know, like there are, so there are days that we're like, what am I doing? <laughs> what and day then is you can, when you're able to step outside of that <laughs> moment of frustration mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever it is, then you look back and you're like, I am working my dream job in central Kentucky, right. involved, you know, and for some people that is Texas or it's North right. Carolina right. or it's right. wherever it is, wherever. but, um, Pursue that passion and, you know, keep your eyes open. Yes. Yeah. Keep your eyes open. Yeah. Eye on the prize. That's right. Yes. And um, there are times when, you know, it's, it'll, it'll look like a change. Right. You know, that we're doing this today and we're going to be doing something different a year from now. And it's the journey of making those decisions along the way and connecting with the people that are, you know, contributing to that journey. Absolutely. So So true. Oh my gosh. So So you made it to Haggard then and Dr. Fallon, Dr. Slovis, they let you in. They did. They they let you become part of the family. (laughs) So now you've been at Haggard how long? Uh, This will be my fourth year. Wow. Yeah. So I hit the ground running. Yes. Uh, I didn't expect to be as as busy as I got right away, which um, was it's such a blessing, you know, fantastic. Um, like let's go, let's Let's save, let's save everything. Um, so it, yeah, starting my fourth year. Let's look at some eyeballs. Let's take a quick break to recognize our spirit of Haggard podcast sponsor by Mita. By Mita might be the biggest animal health company you've never heard of until now. Biomita's products have been trusted by veterinarians and owners since the 1960s when our Irish roots began. Biomita is one of the largest producers of dewormers like Equimax, Bimectin, and Exodus. World-renowned equine athletes also rely on polyglycan, a patented formula that replaces lost or damaged synovial fluid in Confidence X pheromone gel, which reduces and prevents equine stress. Consult your vet and visit BiomitaUS.com to see where to buy. On that note, let's dive into a day in the life of an equine ophthalmologist. Yes. So tell us a little bit about your days. Um, We'll want to learn about the type of patients that you see Mm -hmm. and the team, the family at Haggard that you work with the most and kind of how your cases come to you. So get us started here on on this. So and it's still a a work in progress since I am um, new and kind of the first tribrid at Haggard because I'm based in medicine. So my hospitalized cases go to medicine because they're being treated every two hours through the subpalpebral lavage, the catheter that goes in the eye um, to make administration of medications easier. But then I do most of my surgeries standing in stocks that we have in sport horse. And then my general anesthesias, I do in an OR at surgery. And then uh, I do field. So I do a ton of field calls as well. And a lot 
you know, Lexington has such good horse people, horsemen yes. and horsewomen and horse handlers that a lot of times we can do standing surgeries at the farm. Yes. So we have these gymnastics mats um, that we had made that uh, have an angle. So the horse's head lays on it um, and they really settle into the to the sedation. So okay. we can, you know, so we're basically um, in a lot of different places at once. Um, and the Haggard family is great to work with. So the front desk will often screen the calls for us. And then my technician, I could not live without. Uh, she saves my life on a daily basis. Um, she does all of my scheduling okay. because I, um, we all have different strengths, right? Mm-hmm. My non-strengths and like super weaknesses are geography. So I can't get to the bathroom in my own house. Like it, I mean, when people call, I say, talk to me like I've never been to Lexington. Like I get for sales in Paris mixed up. I mean, it's just not a strength of mine. Okay. I made a B in geography in college. That was my worst grade. And I worked damn hard for that B. <laughs> Um, and, uh, scheduling is not, not my thing. Okay. So, um, she, she does all that and organizes that with the farms and with the owners. We have some that haul in, especially from out of state. And Mm -hmm. I think we're really starting to tap into that niche of clients because they need equine ophthalmologists to send their cases to because the ophthalmologists at the universities are overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And, um, now, we have one here that, you know, sees only horses or right. 95% horses. Um, so some haul in and we see them that there. And if they need a procedure, we can do it um, standing and either hospitalize them or send them back. Uh, and so some days are mostly in the clinic. Some days are farm call days, uh, which, you know, the best, what is it? The best laid plans Never work out or so I'm butchering that, but you know what I mean? Like we'll have everything laid out and then two emergencies call like a melting ulcer where the cornea is melting down the face like soup. And we're like, okay, we got to rearrange. So it's very dynamic. Mm -hmm. You never know what you're going to see see uh, with the eye and you just don't know um, what's going to crop up that day and eyes really can't wait I mean they go bad in hours so when we get a phone call we take that seriously and if we need to do rearranging by golly we are rearranging that schedule right yeah well there's a couple things that I love there you know I love that we touched on we spend a lot of time in Lexington of course focused on the thoroughbred Mm -hmm. but to your point especially as you look at now you know the awareness of you right in the region not only the state of Kentucky but you know quite frankly the number one breed in the state of Kentucky is quarter horses and so we have a huge quarter horse population and many of those are performance horses yeah and then as you look at the region surrounding Kentucky you know I love to point that out that we're not just talking about thoroughbreds yeah sometimes it can feel that way right so while we focus on on those athletes um, right. A great deal. There are, you know, certainly other cases that you're seeing. Yes. And then I always love to just, you know, continue on your um, celebration of your technician. Yes. Because I think that they are the unsung heroes. Oh. 
of a million percent this entire industry. So I have a, a huge passion and a soft spot for our technicians and celebrating them and all that they do and a all that they percent. are capable of. So, you yes. know, a shout out to that as well, because I know that we've got listeners out there that are pursuing those careers as well, yes. whether it's industry careers, whether it's technician, you know, yes. those kinds of things. So we, um, yeah. we are nothing without our technicians. Yes. Like it makes me get choked up. Um, and the, the technicians that work in the barns, the medicine technicians, the surgery technicians, yeah. we are not, we cannot be veterinarians without our technicians. We just yeah. can't. Yes. Like I will be in the fetal position in a corner <laughs> rocking back and forth because they do so much. Yes. I mean, they do the work of three people and they do it seamlessly. Yeah. So they are, um, if I could, yeah, just, I mean, thank you so much to all yeah. of them. They catch things that, you know, I would have missed. Yes. Um, and the, and I always say, like, this is an even playing field. If you see me about to do something that you're like, what's she about to do? Um, call me, you know, be like, hey, are we doing that? Um, and I'll be like, oh, gosh, no. Or, um, I mean, they're just they're they're just amazing and we could yeah. not function without them and with the support staff with the barn crew right you know i mean these guys work their tails off yes so being um, in field care you work with dispatch right mm-hmm. you mentioned you know the right. importance of who is fielding those phone calls right. coming in right. and that, that communication that happens right between right each of these departments dispatch barn crew medicine surgery exactly and, you know, all that goes on to exactly. kind of keep the wheels yes. on the And bus. billing. Like, yes. I am not a businesswoman at all. My daddy told me, don't ever own your own practice because you'll be on the streets. <laughs> you'll do everything for free. And so our billing people are so good, you know, at accounting and all the numbers stuff and mm-hmm. catching charges and, like, I mean, just stuff. I'm like, I don't know. I did this to this horse. Just make right. it. How do, how do we? Yeah. Yeah. Make it now materialize. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, I mean, and I think um, we work really well together as a team and it, uh, we're oftentimes under a lot of stress. And I think just supporting each other and being a family, um, you know, bringing donuts or uh, coffee, which like we need to do more often, right. um, I think, just to show appreciation. But I mean, how do you show appreciation for people that do everything for you? Yes. It's like there's not enough. Yes. I can't love you enough. I cannot love you enough. I cannot yeah. give you all a unicorn, yeah. but I would love to. Right. Yeah, because they're all unicorns. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I, I think there's there was so much there. Okay. You know, there's so much there for our listeners and, you know, the excitement and the passion clearly that we hear from you. But I want to make sure that, you know, we kind of finish off the typical day in, in practice, right, as, mm-hmm. a, as an ophthalmologist. And we talked about the, the sport or, or the support staff, sorry. Yes. And so we've covered a lot of pieces of this, but what's your very favorite part of being an equine veterinarian? Oh, my gosh. How long do we have? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I it's like, let me count the, thy ways. Um, there are so many parts that it is it is really hard to pick just one but I would say the probably my favorite part is being able to of course help the horse Mm -hmm. but to help that owner or trainer that is so invested in that horse 
and to have a good outcome that is just, you know, for an eye that we thought we were going to have to enucleate or surgically remove Mm -hmm. um, and being able to have those success cases um, and make that horse's life better and make, if it's a sport horse, if it's a pet horse, make the owner's life better. Um, If it's a race horse, make the, the trainer's life better. So just the ability to be able to help the horse and the, and the client. Yeah. Yeah. Horse doctors. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yes. So then, you know, take us to the flip side. If there is one, this journey did not come without challenges right? and tough days right? and moments of tears. Oh, yes. So tell us a little bit about, you know, and I, I might frame the question by saying, you know, our listeners are pursuing careers mm-hmm. right? in equine veterinary medicine or veterinary medicine in general. So talk them through those bad days and moments of yeah. tears yeah. and... It ain't easy. <laughs> so, um, but I, I would say don't get discouraged. I mean, there's been many a, a day or night um, that I've come home in tears or locked myself in the bathroom in tears, um, just thinking I let this horse down. You know, I didn't do my best. Um, even if you do everything right, you know, it's not always gonna um, gonna turn out right. And the training process is hard. Like it's, it's rigorous. It's, you know, student loans and, um, getting through the residency, passing boards, um, doing, uh, all those things. I mean, it's, it's hard. It's a lot of work and there, everybody has a breaking point. So I think, and I'm not very good at this, but making time for yourself, um, is, is helpful. But there, there are days when, um, it is, you know, you just beat yourself up, I think. Yeah. Uh, and we're, we're our own worst critics, right? Yes. And it's, we just um, embody that guilt. Um, we didn't give the horse the disease, right. but if we can't fix it, it is just gut-wrenching. Yes. Yeah. And I will add to that, you've mentioned it a couple of times, but having the right people. Yes. You know, so because... Those days aren't meant to be kept inside. Right. Those days are meant to be shared with your team, yes. with your, what I call heroes, right? Like yes. the people that we align ourselves with, that that's what they're there for. They're there for the celebrations, but they're also there because we have got to have a team when the days are tough. That is, that is so very true. Dr. McGillivray told me when I started, uh, and it was one of the weekends I was gone, I think, and she had had to look at an, an eye for me, and I thought I hadn't done something right. And I was all freaked out. And she said, Stephanie, we are a team here. Like, we all work together. We all want, um, you know, our ultimate goal is in the best interest of the horse. Yeah. And so we are we are a team. And it's important to have those people to vent to, you know, to just go in and say, hey, I need a minute. Can I just cry for a minute or can I just vent? And um, it, you've got you've to have those relationships. Yes. Sometimes my technician will say, you are really grumpy today yeah. like what is wrong and you know I'm like oh I'm sorry am I being a butt and she'll be like yeah you really are um and I'm usually a, a very happy person but she'll be like what's wrong and I'll be like oh I just feel like you know I didn't do a good job on that case da, 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 da. and 
Um, so she talks me down a lot and she'll, you know, chin up buttercup, like today's, today's a new day. But like you said, having that support system. And that is one thing I will say about Haggard and our, our bosses, like the head of heads of medicine, Dr. Slovis and Dr. McGillivray, um, are so supportive Mm -hmm. if we have, um, an, an issue with communication or, um, with, uh, something not going well, they stand behind us. Um, I mean, as, as long as we're doing the right things, which we are, and we're documenting everything in medical records, but I think it's so important to have bosses that, um, support you and stand behind the veterinarians and, and are not gonna, um, you know, say, uh, uh, throw you under the bus. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they've got our the right back. culture. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a huge part. We could probably, again, you said, how much time do we have? We can, all of these pieces right. and parts of this journey, right? Right. Um, certainly have hours worth of, of discussions oh, yes. Yes. to them. But yeah, finding that culture that fits for you and what type of practice, what size practice, what focus, where where are they? All the all the things. Right. Right. All, yeah. all the things. That's so, so true. And, you know, being an equine veterinarian, getting to get in my truck every morning um, and go sp- spend the day looking at horses. Um, I mean, who else gets to do that? Right. You know, it's uh, it, you get to be outside. You get to be with your favorite animal. Um, horse people are all a little bit crazy but we're like the good crazy that get along and so you're with your people too yes um so it's just yeah i can't imagine going and sitting in front of a computer all day or something like that i would i would go crazy yes yeah yeah I would also, yeah. I, you know, you and I, and you mentioned that at the very beginning, you're a people person. Mm-hmm. Not all veterinarians will say that. Right. Right. You know, they pursued a career in equine veterinary medicine. Many of you do. And some of them, the people came along with that. Right. And so then they have to, then they have to learn how to deal with people. Right. And then some of us are like, Oh, I, I can't live without like right. interacting with right. people. Right. Like, that's my passion. Yes. Yeah. Now there are times that I will say, <laughs> can I not just treat the horse? Like I just yeah. need to, to treat the horse. And I get it because you know, I've had my horse in the hospital, my dog's in the hospital and I want to be updated every two seconds and da, 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 da. But I think once you explain to the owners, like this, we're spending that time taking care of your horse. No news is good news. If anything changes, I will call you. Yes. Um, so just letting them know that they will be the first one to know should something change. But sometimes you're like, oh, my goodness, they are driving me crazy. <laughs> and I think um, that's, you know, I'm sure that has been said about me when my babies are in the that's right in the clinic. And you already said it. You said horse people are crazy. And, you know, if we can just own that. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. And well, I think we do. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, we're kind of proud of it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Sometimes that's that's why some of us end up always back in equine. We can yep. dabble in oh, an animal. I know. We love our dogs. Yep. My dogs are my children. Yep. But when it comes down to it, I have this level of crazy that is best suited <laughs> to a career in the equine industry. Yes, a million percent. Yeah. Yes. I love it. So I I ask every guest, so, uh-huh. so many of your colleagues that you know are uh, participating in the podcast. I want to know what comes to mind when I ask you what the best day or the best moment that you have had as an equine veterinarian. 
Like, is there a standout memory, moment, or day for you? Oh, there's so many, but two come to mind. Okay. And one is is just fangirling over. Um, I got to meet the Clyde, the Budweiser Clyde sales. Oh, yes. And so that was really cool. Um, but one moment um, comes to mind, and uh, it is a child's horse um, that had a tumor on the cornea and conjunctiva. So like on the actual eyeball um, that we removed and we did laser surgery on, we did all this standing and we got clean margins, which means a good prognosis. And the picture that I got from her mom was this pony painted from head to toe in rainbow colors. And it just, I have it saved on my phone because it is one of those heartwarming experiences. And she said, this pony is my daughter's life. And they didn't feel the the kids like five. And so they didn't, they were worried about having a one-eyed horse with a child that young. And, um, and I just said, this is why I do what I do. Yeah. That's a good one. Yes. And his, I think. I think it will be okay for me to say this. Um, the horse's name is Abe, and the little girl calls him Abe Baby. Oh, so it is like, yeah, uh, it All was just feels. precious. All the feels. All the feels. Yes, yeah, just yeah. one of those good souls that, um, and I told AB baby, I said, we got to save your eye. Um, because you know, the cancer can also spread. So we have yeah. to save your life. Cause you've got a lot of kids to take care of boy. <laughs> that's so, right. Yeah. I love that. And the word that you use, that's my why, you know, that's your why. Yes. That's, yes. Yeah. That is, that is my why. I mean, sure. I love taking care of the, um, amazing, you know, sport horse athletes and, yeah. and everything that we get to do. But I also love these, um, these, these pet horses that are, are just people's worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yes. Dr. Bell, we have covered so much. We have covered your amazing journey <laughs> and from North Carolina and all your stops in between to now, you know, the horse capital of the world, Lexington, Kentucky at Haggard as an equine ophthalmologist, like what a tremendous success and example you are, you know, oh, to gosh. our, to our listeners. Oh, so gosh. I think that's, it's just, I, I appreciate you sharing your story. Oh, absolutely. I feel, I just feel so lucky. You know, yeah. I know I've worked hard to get where I am, but I feel so lucky. Yes. You know, it's Well, that certainly comes out and I know that our listeners can feel that from you. <laughs> so we want to make sure that when they've got questions that they know they can reach out to you. Uh, and, absolutely. And the, yeah. The crew at Hagger at any time. Yes. I can talk about horses and horse eyes or life or Tar Heels <laughs> or music or Wayland or new kids on the block. I didn't mention new kids on the block. No, we didn't talk about They're my guilty the pleasure. Okay. Yeah. So um, in all of my lectures, and everything. I always include some new kids on the block stuff. So that's kind of what people Uh know me for. Um, And I actually did a rap for them, um, which kind of made me famous. I thought I was going to do equine ophthalmology as a hobby because I was going to have to go on tour with the new kids, but that hasn't happened yet. Um, But yes, new kids on the block. Yes. Yes. Uh, It's, it's, 
pretty fantastic. I um, say. But yeah, if anybody has questions about New Kids on the Block, I'm your girl. Oh, good. Yes. <laughs> we have learned so much today. We have talked about, like, so now they know that, you know, if we if we just say Waylon, you're probably going to answer. Yes. Yep. You're probably going to answer. Yes. Um, and all the things music, all the things eyes. Yes. All the things North Carolina. Yes. I yeah. love this. Yeah. So you have given us so much to think about and really a, a, an energy. Like, okay. I just love that you've shared your energy with our listeners today. So uh, I'm excited about that. So, folks, as we finish up today, I, again, just want to say thanks to Dr. Bell for being with us. And if you are not caught up on episodes, please make sure you go back and listen to the episodes. We are learning so much about the family that is Haggard as we move through the Spirit of Haggard podcast. So with that, I am your host, Jody Lynch-Findley, and we are signing off today. And we always finish by saying... Cheers to the spirit of Haggard. Cheers to the spirit of Haggard. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Spirit of Haggard podcast today, sponsored by Bimeda. I'm your host, Jody Lynch Findlay, speaker and podcaster. You can connect with me at jodyspeakslife.com.